Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back, and I hope everyone's week is off to an amazing start. Happy February. Shit Talk Podcast. We're here every month. Like clockwork. Here we go. So today I'm talking about when it's winter and your immunity is like, give me that boost. If you haven't noticed, it's winter. It's cold. People are coughing. People are blowing their nose everywhere. How do you prepare your system for this? Short of becoming the bubble boy, how do you protect yourself from other people's gross ass germs? I took the subway the other day. It was like 3, 3.15. Big mistake. Huge. This is when all the kids get off school and they're going home or to their activities or wherever their nannies are all taking them. They're all shoved in like sardines. They all have their scooters and they're in my way. But most importantly, they're all full of germs. I swear to God, carrier monkeys. I was like, I need to get off the subway. My mask is not enough. I want to be as far away from them and their germs as possible. So the point is, it's peak germ season. Everyone's sick. How do you equip your body and your system and up that immunity to minimize any negative impacts you have from coming into contact with these germs and ideally avoiding them altogether? So I'm going to get into some immune-boosting foods, vitamin D, sugar and alcohol, our gut, sleep and water, and how they all impact our immunity. First off, let's discuss immune-boosting foods. So I have mentioned on previous episodes, eating the rainbow and how this supports microbial diversity because different gut bacteria feed off of different fiber sources. The other thing to this is that eating the rainbow, different colors provide different antioxidants. And antioxidants are very important when it comes to fighting off immune disruptors and keeping your immune system strong. So when it comes to immunity, antioxidants are responsible for taking care of free radicals, and reducing what we call oxidative stress. Briefly, without getting into the chemical structure and talking about the unpaired electron, because no one wants to get into electrons right now, free radicals can attack a number of macromolecules, including lipids, which is fats, proteins, and DNA, which results in cellular damage. Free radicals derive from things like bacterial cells, inflammation, exposure to radiation and ozone, cigarette smoke, air pollution, and industrial chemicals. So living in New York City, as you can imagine, there's a shit ton of that. My point here was that there are internal and external sources of free radicals. Antioxidants are molecules that can safely react with free radical molecules to neutralize them or to terminate the negative reaction that's about to occur and reduce, minimize, completely avoid the damage, the cellular damage that would ensue. That's why antioxidants are so important. So just wanted to give that brief insight so you understand why we want an increased amount of antioxidants. Now I'm going to go into antioxidants by the rainbow. So as you can imagine, yes, my notes are color-coded according to the rainbow. It's a beautiful sight. I wanted to share that with you and hope you can take as much joy in that visual as I am right now. So starting off, red. Red provides lycopene. Lycopene is an antioxidant. It targets gene-damaging free radicals and is known for protecting against prostate cancer. That's what it's mostly well, most well-known for, prostate cancer, but also helps with heart and lung disease. It's found in red fruits and veggies. Like I said, it creates this red pigment. So things like tomatoes, strawberries and raspberries, cherries, red peppers, 
and red onions, just for example. And again, not limited to those and going forward for all my colors in the list. It's not limited to the ones I'm listing, but those are some of the more popular ones I wanted to include. So lycopene is found in that red pig, those red pigmented fruits and veggies. Orange and yellow provides what we call beta cryptozanin. It's a source of vitamin A. It supports cells and has been shown to prevent heart disease. Beta cryptozanin is found in, like we said, yellow and orange produce, things like carrots, sweet potatoes, oranges, bananas, yellow peppers, peaches, cantaloupes, and apricots, just to name a few. Moving on to green, green colored products. So lots of phytonutrients in the green colored products. I'm gonna mention just one, sulforaphane. It's known for inhibiting carcinogens, kind of a big deal. So you can find that in spinach, kale, broccoli, collard greens, green tea, avocado, things like kiwi, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and even green herbs like mint and rosemary. So moving through the rainbow, blue and purple provides what we call anthocyanins. Those have been shown to help with cellular aging and heart health, and they're found in those blue and purple pigments, blueberries, elderberries, plums, prunes, figs, purple cabbage. Lastly, we have white and brown, not technically part of the rainbow, but important to mention. It's called Allison, not spelt like the name Allison, although I guess some people may spell their name like this, but it's pronounced Allison. It's known for its anti-tumor properties, found in things like onions, cauliflower, parsnips, garlic, leeks, and mushrooms. So hopefully you've heard of a lot of these items and can easily incorporate more of them into your diet to give yourself some immune boosting antioxidants. Moving on, point number two is vitamin D. Most adults are deficient in vitamin D, and especially in winter months when we have less sunlight, the days are shorter, and we spend a lot less time outdoors. The reason this matters is because the skin can synthesize vitamin D. Studies have shown that 12 to 15 minutes outside with getting some sun on your skin, direct sun to skin, I don't want to say contact, but direct direct access from the sun to your skin. Those 12 to 15 minutes have been shown to help the body produce vitamin D, and, and it doesn't take that much time. The 12 to 15 minutes is really adequate enough for your body to get what the compounds it needs from the sun and create vitamin D. It is important to mention, if you are wearing sunscreen or SPF, this doesn't entirely block it, but it definitely reduces the amount your body will absorb the compounds from the sun that your body needs to create vitamin D. So if you are wearing sunscreen out, I would say aim for a little longer, maybe double the time, try 30 minutes. But point is, we're lower in vitamin D, we're, most adults are low in vitamin D, and especially in the winter months when we're getting less sun. So it's a set, vitamin D is essential to immune function and helps regulate the body's immune response. It can actually help reduce inflammatory cytokines. We call it the cytokine storm which is an inflammatory response to different viruses and diseases. COVID-19 is one in particular that has been shown to wreak havoc and lead to quite the cytokine storm, which we don't want. So long story short, your body is stronger at managing inflammation and reducing the side effects of things like COVID-19, like the cytokine storm, when you have adequate amounts of vitamin D. That's why it's really important to make sure your vitamin D levels are where they need to be. It's important for immunity and especially in the winter when we are more prone to getting sick and we are much less likely to be getting vitamin D from the natural source like the sun. Vitamin D is also somewhat limited in foods, which is why it's so often supplemented. It's rarely been shown for people to have any negative side effects or reach toxicity with vitamin D, which is another reason why it's handed out like candy, like, oh, add some vitamin D. It's There's just such low risk. 
of foods that it can be found in fatty fish like salmon. It's found in canned tuna, egg yolks, and mushrooms. So I can tell you, well, I definitely eat um, those foods that it's found in. I personally supplement with it during the winter months when I'm not as outdoors as much. I do not supplement with it all year round because I am someone who's outdoors very often in the spring, fall, and summer. It's really only winter or or weeks at a time when I'm like, I'm not getting outside. It's super gray. It's cold, whatever. So if you are really not getting it from its limited food sources, like the salmon, canned tuna, egg yolks, or mushrooms that I mentioned, it may be imperative for you to start supplementing, but I do encourage you to consult your doctor, get lab work done, see where your levels are, see if you actually need it. My final point on vitamin D, it is important to know it's a fat-soluble vitamin, meaning it needs fat for absorption. So please take it. Ideally, you're taking it in the morning after breakfast or just take it with food. The point is don't take it on an empty stomach because your body won't have what it needs to actually absorb it. My third point, beating a goddamn horse. Limit sugar and alcohol. Everyone loves sugar and alcohol. Of course we love it and we're not supposed to have it. It's bad for us. As if we need another reason not to have sugar and alcohol. They can weaken our immunity. (sighs) Rats. Okay, here we go. Without getting into every which way that they wreak havoc and are bad for you, I'll give you the bottom line here. Both sugar and alcohol create and increase inflammation in the body. Inflammation is the hallmark of almost every disease state. It can weaken immune cells and it makes the body more prone to illness and disease because it interferes with the body's ability to fight off invaders and fight off, you know, things like bacteria, things like viruses that invade the body. When we have inflammation, we're much less efficient at dealing with those invaders. So long story short, inflammation is dead weight. It makes everything in your body function less optimally. Your body is going to tire out quickly and it interferes with what your body needs to do. So we don't want inflammation for the millionth time. There are certain forms of inflammation we do want, like a body, you get a cut and it may swell a little. The body is, there's a natural immune response inflammation. Fine. I'm talking about long-term chronic inflammation in the body. We don't want it. Sugar leads to it. Alcohol leads to it. Also, back to the point, immunity, you're much more likely to get sick and take longer to recover when you've had higher amounts of sugar, higher amounts of alcohol, because your body has this higher amount of inflammation and is not going to be in tip-top shape to fight off whatever it is you just contracted, or it's going to make you much more prone to whatever it is you contracted to actually doing damage. So all about that inflammation again. And just to to note some anti-inflammatory additions to your diet, things like olives and extra virgin olive oil, fatty fish like salmon, sardines, mackerel, chia seeds, avocados. Those all have what we call omega-3 fatty acids, or they've earned the term healthy fats. They help fight inflammation. And a supplement is that I've mentioned in another episode is turmeric or curcumin, which is the active compound in turmeric. It's that orange spice. It's been shown in a lot of studies to help reduce and keep at bay inflammation. So turmeric can also be something helpful to add in winter, just when we are all more prone to getting sick and inflammation may be happening more frequently or more easily. So if you're looking for something to fight inflammation, it's also been shown to help with joints, again, things where inflammation causes issues, joint issues, turmeric supplements have um, definitely earned their street cred. Moving on, we knew this was coming because this is the Shit Talk podcast and I will talk about this any opportunity. The gut. You may recall from my gut brain access episode a few weeks ago, the gut is an important immune organ. 
the gut-associated lymphoid tissues together form the largest immune organ of the human body, containing over 70% of the total immune system. So you can see how a poor gut can lead to poor immunity. Also, very important to remember, not to bring these idiots back up again, but sugar and alcohol negatively impact the gut. So they not only create inflammation, which is going to make you more prone to illness, they're going to weaken your gut's ability to do its job, which is also going to further put you at risk for sickness and lower your ability to fight off foreign invaders like bacteria and viruses and things like that that you may be coming into contact with. My fifth point, sleep. And again, I'll always say this about sleep. I don't know why it goes as overlooked as it does. It's such an impaired part of health and staying well. I personally have declined so many plans because I had to sleep instead. And I've never once regretted that decision. Please don't tell Joe Schmo from last Friday night. He'll live. And I mean, I'll, I'm thriving because I got that extra sleep. But let me tell you, sometimes say no, stay in, take care of yourself, get the rest you need. Anyway, okay, back to the point. Studies have shown that restricting sleep to four hours for only one night led to an inflammatory response with an increase in inflammatory cytokines. Another study showed sleep loss is also related to a higher risk for infection. In the study, the scientists restricted sleep to four hours per night for six nights in participants, then followed by sleep for 12 hours per night for seven nights. This resulted in a greater than 50% decrease in production of antibodies to the flu vaccine in comparison with subjects who had regular sleep that had much higher amounts of the antibodies produced. So long, what does this mean? It just basically what it showed us was that with less sleep, the body produced less antibodies in reaction to the flu shot, AKA their immunity was down. And we want strong production of antibodies within our body in regards to any vaccine. So you screw up your sleep, you screw up your bodies and ability to react as strongly as possible. Your immune system will not come in at 100% if your sleep is not at 100%. And sleep, you have to remember, sleep is when the body has time to restore itself. When we sleep, there's actually a type of cytokine that's released that helps fight infection. So too little sleep lowers the amount of these cytokines and other immune cells. And this in and of itself reduces our ability to fight off infection. And, and just a side rant, I'm a big believer in the circadian rhythm, which I have mentioned previously, I will do an episode on to go more of a deep dive, but I'm very big into following the earth's natural cues. There's a reason days are shorter in the winter. And I truly believe our body needs more rest in the winter. And, you know, we're fighting through the wrath of winter. We're at higher risk for all these pathogens. It's just, it's a disaster. As far as I'm concerned, stay inside, shut the door, don't interact with anyone. Obviously, that's not realistic, but the point is, listen to your body, maybe sleep a little more. Maybe it's okay that your days are shorter in the winter. I don't know. Listen to your body. What's, what's it telling you? Is it tired earlier? Are you requiring more sleep? Try more sleep. See how you feel. But it's funny to me, nobody pays attention to the obvious guidance and structure that Mother Nature supplies us. Tune in. I'm not saying go to sleep at 4.30, but I'm saying, are you tired earlier? Go to bed earlier. That's okay. It's okay to have a winter version of yourself and a summer version of yourself. For example, my summer version, tip top, can't be beat. Not going to sit here and brag, but it, it's pretty great. My winter version has been a work in progress for several years. And I can say with confidence that each winter in my adult life, it has gone easier and easier for me to get through winter and have a better time and enjoy myself. And I think that's because I've gotten better at tuning in to my body, giving myself what it needs listening 
actually getting the sleep I need and like I said earlier, taking into account mother nature's cues. Now my final point, and everyone knows this was not going to go unmentioned. I'll keep it very brief though, hitting on only one point, water. Really quick. Please remember it aids in nutrient delivery. So AKA it gets things where they need to go. If you're dehydrated, all the nutrients we've discussed, the antioxidants, the immune boosting compounds, these are not going to be as effective in your body because they're not necessarily going to get to where they need to go or they're not going to get to where they need to go as efficiently. So please stay hydrated. Get half your body weight in ounces per day, more so if you're sick, your body's going to need more fluids when you're sick. And drink that water because, again, water goes overlooked. It's clear. There's no taste. It has no nutritional profile. But the amount of chemical reactions that it aids in in the body and the amount of things our body relies on it for, it is, as far as I'm concerned, the number one go-to for immunity and for everything else. And that's why I saved the best for last. Anyway, summing it up, prioritize those antioxidants by eating the rainbow. This also supports microbial diversity in the gut. Also prioritize your sleep and hydration. Minimize sugar and alcohol, which... I hate to say goes, you know, 12 months a year, but especially in the winter when you are trying to keep that immunity up. And in terms of vitamin D, this is a very helpful immunity supplement. If you're deficient, ideally get your labs done, consult with your physician, see where you are. You may not need to supplement with it, but if you do find you're getting sick more often or you find you're taking much longer to recover, talk to your doctor. It it could be as simple as a vitamin D supplement. So, and, and Two things I just wanted to mention before I wrap up, in addition to vitamin D, I have two go-tos in the winter that I reach for. One is elderberry syrup. I mentioned it earlier. It's a bluish purple. It has that anthocyanin antioxidant that I mentioned when we were hitting on the blue portion of the rainbow. And I use one. It's mixed with vitamin C. It's from the brand called Peak, P-I-Q-U-E. They have a lot of delicious teas. And this elderberry syrup, it comes in packets. I have one a day all throughout the winter. I find it's really helpful with boosting my immunity. Um, And if I'm sick, it definitely helps me overcome it more quickly. My other thing I want to mention is oil of oregano. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it has been shown to be very high in antioxidants and contain antibiotic and antifungal properties. I buy it in a dropper in one of those little one ounce glass jars um, where you pinch the top, drop it. I drop a few a few drops of oil of oregano in my throat, and then I personally down water because it's very, very potent. Um, but I would use it first signs of getting sick, cold or flu, you're not feeling well, you're feeling worn down, put some in your throat, see how you feel. It's good for travel too because it's, like I said, it, it comes in like a one or two ounce thing. It's You're going to be able to get it on the plane. And, you know, traveling can impact immunity, so it is something good to have on tap. And that about sums it up. I hope everyone is feeling well, staying well, staying healthy, staying hydrated, listening to their body, getting sleep, and beasting the hell out of this winter because we're almost there. It's February. February is a short month. Then we get into March. And March is like, March is the teaser month. It can either be absolute hell and you want to jump off a bridge, or it's like, well, we spring ahead, the days are longer. We're touching April, April's touching May, like it's getting better. So hang in there, you're almost there and have an amazing week.